Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. Week 10 is in the books, getting towards the, the home stretch here. Uh, but Trey, let's take a quick look back at uh, the week that was. What was your first takeaway? Well, first of all, before we start, did you guys did you guys this week buy stock in Clemson? Did you get your... Oh, I mean, I feel like it's, to your it's too late. Investment it's too advisor. late. It's, it's shooting up. That's right. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to touch on that one, but uh, I got to start with Bedlam. Like, what a sweet way for the Cowboy yeah. fans to, to end Bedlam for the time being, at least. Like, hopefully they can figure something out in the future. But we've talked about it before. Gundy is a wizard. I, I buried them when they were 33-7 to loss to South Alabama earlier this year. Now they're ranked top 15. They beat a top 10 Oklahoma. Like, Alan Bowman was great. Ollie Gordon added to kind of his new Heisman campaign. Um, he had a couple touchdowns over 100 yards again. He's leading the nation in rushing. Like they're now in the driver's seat for a Big 12 title spot. Like a month ago, you just you'd been insane to yeah. say that. Um, but and for Oklahoma, the takeaway is that you know they gotta they gotta reset their goals here. It, you know, it changed fast after they've yeah. lost back to back. Their last four games have been decided by five or less. They just they can't quite break through. Um, in year two yeah. of uh, Venables. All right. Uh, I'm fighting through some internet issues here, so hopefully uh, I could stay alive. But uh, my first takeaway is Texas is is still alive in the, in the playoff hunt, very much alive after yeah. surviving overtime against K-State. <sighs> they were up 20 at one point in the game. Turnovers kind of let K-State back in it and uh, ended up going to overtime. But the... The biggest thing that fascinated me in this game was Chris Kleiman's decision in overtime. So it was fourth and goal for Kansas State. They're they're down three and they're at the four yard line. So they can kick a field goal to to tie and you know quote unquote extend the game, which usually is yeah. is kind of code for being way too conservative when when you make a decision like that. But in this case, even when when they sent out the offense, part of me thought like, are they trying to? draw them offside to maybe get a you know a couple yards possibly a closer chance yeah. at at going for going for the win but uh but no they actually went for it because and before the play i told sarah like i even i would not go for it yeah here. like and i'm typically you know harping on coaches for being too conservative but texas's defense was is obviously very good their defensive front was was kind of dominating k-state's o-line at times and yeah you know, fourth and four fourth and goal at the four is is fairly that's low that's percentage. three points man and they had already had a couple plays they didn't have yeah they weren't they'd had it, so they were getting stuffed like they were getting stopped yeah. um so i i definitely thought that was kind of an odd decision i know that i i'm thinking their kicker missing a short field goal in regulation is what caused climbing to do it more than kind of trying to go for the win right. um, but coaches, then he also drilled the long one to go to overtime yeah. no it's he's so a solid weird. kicker and it was like an extra point i i maybe the kicker thing didn't play a factor but no i i agree with you i think that played some of it and Crazy. uh anyway yeah as it turned out not even close the the the, <laughs> the attempt was was i i do appreciate that will howard at least got rid of it you know sometimes yeah, you just see the it. guy take a sack you might as well just huck it up but yeah not even close so texas wins all right but they miss Watch. they miss quinn Ewers, that's for sure oh yeah yeah we'll see if he comes back um yeah. washington usc uh this game pretty much went exactly as you or anybody else in the world 
would have thought uh, a super high scoring game and UW would end up winning because USC's defense just wouldn't stop them ever. Um, and the Huskies could get a tiny bit of stops. Um, you know, it was a tie game heading into the fourth quarter. So USC was there, but USC's offense kind of just disappeared there in the fourth quarter. They didn't score a point. Um, Washington, man, they rushed for over 300 yards. Dylan Johnson, uh, UW's running back, he had 256 yards himself. He'd never even gone over 100 yards in a game in his career, and he's been playing for four years. Uh, so crazy, crazy. Um, not good for for USC's defense. Um, Washington's unbeaten still, 9-0. and USC, 7-3, and but still alive, Michael. Still alive. <laughs> Beat Oregon this week. You're still alive for the Pac-12 title. Yes, that is so. true. You're big if, out of it yet. big if beating hey, Oregon, man, but one game, go beat Oregon, and then you'll be like, okay, okay, uh, maybe just getting rid of Grinch will be the right thing. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's at least yeah. Alex Grinch is gone. There's no chance of him, you know, saving his job somehow. So exactly, that's a so this, positive. For this USC. Is coordinator hire in this off season is going to be, you know, arguably the most important coordinator hire of the off season. Yeah, it's just it's everyone's going to be wondering who they're who it's going to be and it's going to be a lot of pressure on who that person is when they they come in so but also uh not a very high bar low bar clear, so low bar yeah. <laughs> you know no, like it's, it's true it's kind yeah, of like, like ohio one. state a couple years ago they Knowles came in year one wasn't like oh trey now trey's got the internet and he's gone. trey's gone all right uh well let me finish what trey what trey was going to say it's yeah. kind of like ohio state a few years ago you know <laughs> yeah, defense Knowles. really struggled with well, I guess it was kind of was that back when it was Alex Grinch and yeah. uh, and um, Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano, uh, right? Maybe yeah. there's was there someone in between? I don't know. Well, this is why Trey should have said it. But then they brought in Knowles, and they've been they kind of they got and they better, improved. and then now yeah. this year they got a whole lot better. But yeah. uh, the the offense sort of gone the other way. It's weird how that works. Like you know. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, it, it, you always just hope for it to kind of fall into unison, but. Yeah, Boy, rarely does that happen. Now you're, you know, looking at our own teams, man. USC's got the great offense, bad defense. Nebraska's got Kurt, horrible offense, but a pretty darn good defense. Just can't ever seem to put it together. Anyway, um, all right. So uh, my next takeaway is on Ohio State's offense. Oh, good timing. Mm, I nice forgot I was going to bring that up. Yeah, it's uh, it looks shaky again uh, against Rutgers. Uh, they won 35-16, so Ohio State covered somehow. Oh, man, uh, what a screw if you had bad yeah. records because it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was looking good. I picked Rutgers as my my upset yeah, uh, special, like straight up, and I, I yeah. felt like I had a chance in the fourth quarter, but uh, or late in the third at least. And yeah, but I mean, here's what happened. Rutgers just, they Rutgers outgained Ohio State. And they had their chances to build a bigger lead throughout the game, yeah. but they were just terrible in the red zone. They threw a pick six. They settled for three field goals inside the five, had a turnover on downs inside the 10. So Ohio State's defense came through when they needed it. But, uh, but yeah, whatever that, that point spread of the look-ahead point spread for Ohio State-Michigan was at the beginning of the year, it keeps yeah. kind of creeping slightly in favor of Michigan with each passing week. So we'll see. Yep. Exactly. All right. Uh, Bama, LSU. Uh, that was a big game heading into this past weekend. Bama got the win 42-28. Uh, so, you know, this SEC West big game there. Bama's firmly in control of the division. Um, it would take a pretty big miracle for them not to at this point. I think Ole Miss is the only team that has a chance to catch them. But 
Bama would have to lose twice. Um, Jalen Milrow played very well in this game. He's looking better and better each week. Yeah, you know? he's I mean, playing I know well. He's not a perfect passer, but good enough for sure, <laughs> especially when you consider how great of a runner he is. I mean, man, he had 155 yards and four touchdowns in this game, and his acceleration is is tough, man. He's He can move, and he's big. So he's, he's an impressive runner. But, yeah, efficient through the air in this one, 15 of 23 for 219 yards, no turnovers there. Um, fortunate, Unfortunately, uh, Jaden Daniels got knocked out uh, of this game early in the fourth quarter, which kind of eliminated any chances LSU had of, of coming back to win. I mean, they were still down 14 when he got hurt, and it was looking bleak already, but there was really zero chance after Daniels went down. So a little too bad. Hopefully Daniels comes back this week because, uh, I mean, you know, hopefully if they finish out strong, his name, he could still get an invite to New York. And, I mean, he's had a pretty spectacular season. So he's still in running, in the running for, for a Heisman, but looking looking tougher at this point. But, yeah, a good win for Bama. Now Bama's looking strong, man. I mean, they were kind of looking shaky earlier in the year with their questionable offense, but now they're looking like, okay, maybe this is the best team in the country again. You know, they have a, they have a shot. So they're looking good. All right. And by the way, I looked it up. Uh, Kerry Coombs was uh, was who Jim Knowles mm, replaced. Right. So, yeah, I knew yeah. I was forgetting somebody. Yeah. But um, anyway, OK, Trey has texted us that uh, he can't get back in. So, hmm. Hmm, you know, well, I guess we just do it without him. No, we got the two best bros here. So I wanted to give a, an update on the Heisman race. Uh, so still a few weeks left in the season. So nothing set in stone. But I think it's you know, an odds on favorite that it'll be either Michael Penix or Bo Nix to win odds on meaning greater than 50% chance. Yeah. So Michael meaning Penix, one of those two will win. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I think they both have a greater than 50% chance to win. <laughs> you said odds on. So I said, yeah, the, the odds on. Yeah, exactly. So 50, 50 odds on means at least 50% or greater than 50%. Anyway, we're, I don't know what we're talking about here. Does the odds Michael, on mean like 50-50? No, 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 no. It means it means at least that. At least 50. Or maybe yeah. greater than, but whatever it is, it's just, yeah. So if something was minus 150, that's an odds on favorite. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so Michael Penix is plus 155, Bo Nix plus 180, um, which means that you know, if if all goes to form and it's Oregon Washington matching up in the Pac-12 championship in Vegas, and yeah. let's just say they both continue to play well, and it's kind of clear that one of them, one of those two, will win. Whoever wins that, that game. would be awesome. If it just comes out, yeah, the that's, winner of that game. When has like, that happened? Yeah, that's true. That I can't remember that ever happening. Yeah, I don't know. That'd but be that wow. would be really because it would not only be the Heisman, of course, on the line. It would. Well, we'll see what, what happens, but it could game, be a playoff though, like, berth on the line too. What if in that game though that Washington wins, but Penix plays poorly, but they just run the ball really well. And I know that would be a weird. <laughs> and also, if I don't know when, it, it feels like sometimes people have their votes already. Yeah, I don't know if they are allowed to send. You'd have to really, probably not. But some yeah. people kind of in their brain have them decided. But but you'd have in to that wait case, for that one if it's between those yes. two. Like because it's really just you, there's no wrong answer at that point, right? It's just yeah, pick either one of them and it'd be a good choice. So all right, I'll just pick the one who wins the game. Yeah. So I would say I would say that was probably Trey's most embarrassing moment uh, that he's life, ever yeah. had. Oh, Trey's back! He's back. Oh, cool. We were just talk, just shooting the breeze. Not uh, everything. Nothing bad. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, Trey. So uh, you got any more takeaways from uh, 
from the weekend? Yeah, I do. Because we've been um, we 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 have not stopped. We've we've kept potting. Yeah. I have one All more, right. but then you have two more. All right. Well, then I'll go. Um, Jed Fish. He should be mm. in the running for national coach of the year. Uh, he certainly has my vote for the the Pac-12 coach of the year. Like you could you could argue Kalen DeBoer, but this is more impressive to me at this point. Uh, they're the second team ever to win three straight against a ranked opponents as an unranked team. I guess Georgia in 2006 was the only mm. other, but um, they just whipped UCLA 27 to 10. They have, they have a freshman quarterback, quarterback, Noah Fafita. He's been brilliant the last five weeks or so they're six and three bull eligible for the first time since 2017. Um, they, they just finished a stretch of playing five straight ranked teams and their only losses were to Washington by seven. And then that triple overtime loss at USC, like considering what he inherited and and how they've improved this year, especially it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's amazing here for sure. Now they play Colorado right this week. So they're pretty, yeah, on the road, decent sized favorites. Double digit favorite there, I think. And then they get yep. Utah comes to town and then they get the Sun Devils, right? That's uh they're playing like, you know, right behind Oregon, Washington right now as the best team in the in the conference. It's crazy how how well they're playing right now. I wonder if uh if Jed Fish will be uh, a candidate if yeah, he, see, we'll see what jobs open up this this offseason. But yeah. I don't know if I cut out there, but I was talking about Jed Fish yeah. being a candidate for other jobs. Yeah, no, he he cool. should be. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how much Arizona would muster up to be able to pay him to stay, but if he finishes strong, man, like I don't know. It's who would want him? Mm-hmm. Who, who's who's you know, who's got, like Michigan State? Could they go after him? I don't know who's got like who would want someone like that. But yeah. Anyways. Uh all right. Do you have another one, Mike? Or are you about to go? No. I'm I'm spent. Look, looked like you had one. You were queuing up. Well, <laughs> it's gas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Uh, this was a good game. Uh, every time it looked like kind of Ole Miss was going to start to pull away, Texas A&M would answer, climb, climb back in it, and came down to the end. Uh, Texas A&M had about a 47-yard field goal attempt to try to tie the game and force it to overtime, but it was – just short, just short, and uh, Ole Miss hung on for the 38-35 win. It's looking like Lane Kiffin picked the right guy to to be their quarterback this year. J- uh, Jackson Dart, he played excellent in this game, 24 of 37 for 387 and two touchdowns, no picks. So Ole Miss is 8-1, and one, and it's looking like they're headed for, you know, barring, you know, some surprise. They're looking like they're go- they'll be 10-2. and two. Uh, They got Georgia at Georgia this week, so likely loss and then they get UL Monroe and Mississippi State the last two weeks. So ah, yeah. look like two wins. Yeah. So it's looking like wow. ten two. That's gonna that's impressive. I mean yeah, yeah. ten two. That's New Year's six worthy potentially. I mean that's, that's exactly what they did two years ago. Out. And punchers punchers Yeah my chance this weekend. Buddies. I mean Oh yeah exactly freeze. Yeah. Well I knew yeah I said, but I knew where you were going with Puncher's chance of to beat Georgia and make the playoff uh, with the one loss. So they do. Yep. They definitely are in that mold. Um, but they did a last uh, two years ago, I should say. They went ten and two, went to uh, a New Year's Six game, and they lost. But still, so but that was like their first ten win regular season ever a couple years back. And now Lane he's awesome. Two like years. That, that would be crazy to do that yeah. again. It's they're favored very much to do so. So yeah, impressive for man. I mean, it's, it's goal miss. Good for them. Yeah. All right. Final takeaway. Uh, nothing crazy. Georgia beat Mizzou 
but I actually came away impressed with Missouri. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. they had the ball late with the chance to to score and win the game. Cook threw a, and Brady Cook threw an unfortunate uh, pick that that sealed it. But I was kind of on the fence with Mizzou going into this one. Their schedule hasn't been overly daunting, uh, but I think Drinkwitz now he's done a, he's done a good job uh, building that Mizzou program back up. The defense has been strong this year. Luther Burden on the outside is great. I mean, Brady Cook's improved. Uh, and Georgia had trouble running on them. So going toe-to-toe with the dogs in Athens, for you know, for their sake, for, for Mizzou fans' sake, I, ho- I hope they back it up and finish the season well. Big game this week. Yep. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you want our thoughts on uh, the latest uh, on Connor Stallions and the whole Michigan scenario uh we recorded a a very quick patreon episode about that so uh you could check that out and support us we would appreciate that uh but let's move on to week 11 make our picks there and we'll start out here i've got alabama minus 10 and a half at kentucky and for me i just don't have enough trust in in kentucky's defense to keep this uh kind of a low scoring close game like Arkansas was able to do or AM was able to do against Bama. Uh Kentucky did have very, you know, good defensive performance last week holding Mississippi State to three points, but that Mississippi State offense at what this it? point is just so hapless that I, oh, I yeah. hardly even bad. count that. Against the good offenses on their schedule, they've been kind of mediocre. And like Ryan said, I mean, uh Milrow's been playing playing really well and Bama's Bama's tough. Like I, I yeah. I'm willing to lay the points there. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, Devin Leary hasn't looked great. No. He's you know, so-so. Yeah. Um, all right. Michigan, minus four and a half at Penn State. Big one here. Try what do you think? I'm going to give the points with Michigan. Uh, and the reason I'm doing that is because I just want to see Drew, Al- Drew Aller and this Nittany Lion offense under James Franklin show something in a big game against a good defense. They looked so bad against the other great defense they faced this year at, at Ohio State. Uh, you know, it's obviously well documented that James Franklin has struggled in, in marquee games like this. You know, some of it's fair or unfair or whatever. But, you know, Aller, he did have a big game last week against Maryland. Obviously, uh, Big Blue is a, a different test, but maybe that gives him some confidence. And, you know, I know the Wolverines haven't played anyone, but McCarthy and that offense, they continue to roll. The defense is obviously very stout. Uh, you know, the we're just we're going to learn a lot about both teams, but really we're going to learn a lot about Michigan in the, in this one. Tough environment, maybe low scoring, but I want to back the maize and blue. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, just looking at it, it's. I mean, my first thought was maybe to go with Michigan, but I, I'm I'm I changed my mind. I'm I'm going to take Penn State and the points, um, just because of that schedule. You know, I know Michigan's done all you can against it, but maybe there's a chance that they've just become overvalued because of that. Like maybe we, we, we got to see them against a team that can talent wise match up with them. That defensively is going to give them a huge test. Like, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't see the Michigan running game, you know, necessarily doing a, a whole lot here against this, this Penn state defense. And so we'll see. And, and on the other side of the ball, I mean, Drew Aller, I, at least he he doesn't turn it over so that's the big thing here and with with their defense and with a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over maybe they can just kind of keep this one close 
and and it's going to be an incredible environment. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. it's different than than going on the road to to Ohio State. So I uh, I'm going to take Penn State, and this is really more uh, a commentary on the rest of these games. Like nothing really stands out to me. I'm just going to make Penn State my my lock of the week. Wow, that's the softest lock I've ever seen. It really is, but I just was like, I. Oh, whoa. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, not the soft. Oh, no. Oh, no. I just <laughs> I just bet five thousand dollars right there. Oh, of my all God. the times for your lock. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. Wow. Uh, <laughs> having some technical issues this week on yes. the pod. Crazy. Yes. Yes. You guys are both. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> I'm the, all right. Well, I feel uh, like when your I'm car with... alarm goes off and you're scrambling. Yeah, true. Um, all right. I am going to go with you, Michael. I'm taking Penn State. I mean, you know, they, they played tough at Ohio State. I know the offense was horrible, pretty horrible in the game, but they only lost by eight in, in the horseshoe against a really, really good team. Um, but this one, I mean, maybe they have figured out a couple things offensively. It's a home game. Um, and it's like, yeah, like you said, it's Michigan's first real test this year. You know, I mean, maybe they stumble a little bit against, okay, actual stiff competition for once. So, um, you know, with that defense, I don't know. I just don't think Michigan's going to run away with this. So I, I like I like the Lions plus four and a half. All right. Okay. Moving on to Miami at Florida State. The Knolls are favored 14 and a half. I don't know. This one is probably dates me, but this used to be one of my favorite games kind of back in my high school and college days. Uh, you know, they were so intense that they were just littered with NFL talent on both sides. Uh, they there was a stretch where they played it on Labor Day weekend too, so it just kicked off the mm-hmm. season. It was awesome, but uh, but I'm going to take the Hurricanes with the points. Um, I think they're they're better than their six and three record. Mario Cristobal's kind of gotten in the way of that, but last yeah. week they they looked pathetic. Lost twenty to six against NC State, not rolling Literally. in with confidence. But I think that we're we're getting value as they'll be up for this rivalry game. The Knolls have kind of just been on cruise control lately. And the Canes, they have the talent to at least give them a game. Um, Tyler Van Dyke has been kind of all or nothing this season, hoping for the good version of him to kind of keep pace with Jordan Travis. Also not entirely sure if Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson are back this week. If Even if they are, they might not be 100% after missing last week. So I'll take Miami. Okay, next up, Utah at Washington. Huskies favored 9.5, which is a lot of points to give uh, against a, a great utah defense but oregon and usc were both able to put up you know move the ball pretty well against that utah defense so i think washington can do the same and i just i still just do not trust utah's offense to to keep pace with michael Penix. i know they you know uh had you know quite a great game against arizona state but you know i i just i don't see that translating on the road uh super tough atmosphere historically of course recent history washington's a different team at home Utah's a different team on the road. I'll lay the nine and a half. Yeah, I am with you there. Uh, all right. Tennessee is favored a point at Missouri. Uh, I'm taking the Tigers. Uh, they gave Georgia all they could handle last week in Athens. Uh, so that was a good showing. Their running back, Cody Schrader, he ran for 112 yards against that Georgia defense. Um, and he's had a good year. Brady Cook, he's been efficient at quarterback this year. Um, so Missouri's, Missouri's looked good. Um, I guess the main concern, obviously, heading into this game is the status of Luther Burden. Uh, he's questionable, and uh, Drinkowitz is very worried about it, apparently, or so he says. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It seems like he could play or not play. We don't really know. So, I'm obviously, I wish I knew because he's such a huge piece for that 
that offense. He's such a dynamic player, but um, even without him, I'm, st- I'm still not quite sold on the, on the balls. I feel a little more comfortable with, with Missouri at this point. So, you know, take the, take that one point as a home dog with, with the Tigers. All right. We've got Oklahoma state minus two and a half at UCF. And for UCF, I, I know they've had some injury problems, including Plumlee for a few games, but this UCF team, it should be better than four and five and one and five in the Big 12. Like Gus just hasn't gotten the most out of them. They, they seemed talented enough before the season to to surprise in this league this year. And at least that's what I thought. Not happening. So that being said, I'm probably overthinking this. Uh, going to kick myself on Saturday potentially, but I'm a, I'm going to back UCF here just because it the situation. Um, they're at home in the bounce house. Oklahoma State coming off that high win that last Bedlam game. They're back in the top fifteen. You got the Heisman talk. Now they're on the road against a sub five hundred team, given less than a field goal. I'm going to you know I love Gundy, but I'm going to roll with the Knights here. All right. And by the way, you brought up uh, Heisman talk for Ollie Gordon. I forgot when I was talking about the Heisman earlier. Um, I just mentioned the favorites, of course, uh, Penix and Knicks. But uh, as far as the odds, J.J. McCarthy's next at plus 725. And, you know, he's got some opportunities this weekend against Penn State and then against Ohio State. So if he has big games there, then he could obviously easily vault into the the discussion there. But I don't I don't know if the whole scandal yeah, is yeah. it's gonna affect some people's votes we'll see need some losses uh, ahead of him and then uh jordan travis florida state carson beck georgia marvin harrison jr ohio state and ollie gordon oklahoma state are the the next in, in those odds jordan travis i think has has a shot the other guys would 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 surprise me if they were to, yeah. to be the winners i'm with you all right uh well next game here we've got Ole Miss at Georgia, and Bulldogs are favored 10.5. What do you think, Trey? I'm taking the points with Ole Miss. Uh, I'm actually going to make them my lock of the week. Just get ahead of that right now. How many times would you like to lock it in? Yeah, yeah let's let's stick to one. Let's just stick to one. All right, just yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I know Georgia this year has seemed to have gotten up for the, the bigger games, uh, but they just had the battle against Mizzou, fairly physical battle. I think Jackson Dart and Quinchon Judkins can give the Bulldog defense um, more trouble than Brady Cook and Mizzou did last week. Georgia, they're 33rd in yards allowed per carry. So just not as, I mean, it's not bad, but it's not as dominant as they've been in, in prior seasons, of course. And Judkins has been on a tear recently. Um, he could turn out some yards. Same with Dart. He has some mobility, of course. And for mm-hmm. Ole Miss, this is a this is a big opportunity for Lane to get you know a, a signature win. They, they're always they're always obviously very good, yeah. but they haven't quite beaten the big boys. So Came uh, close. they got a good chance here. Yeah, I like it. I'm with you, Trey. I'm taking Ole Miss, and it's because of the running game, really. I mean, last week I, I mentioned Missouri's running back, Schrader, ran for over 100 on Georgia. They've had some moments where they've been susceptible to that. Lane Kiffin's offenses have, you know, really ever since Florida Atlantic, they've been known for having really good ground games. This year's no different. So I think that's going to be able to keep a minute, maybe kind of shorten the game up a little bit. Dart, Jackson Dart's, you know, been great recently, had a good year, so he's going to be able to move the ball. Um, you know, no Brock Bowers, of course, for Georgia. So they're a little less potent on offense. I don't think Ole Miss is going to be too susceptible to getting, sh- you know, kind of shredded by this Georgia offense. So 
yeah, I, I feel comfortable taking Ole Miss. I'm also going to make them my lock. Ooh. Twice. Double lock. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. We're all, we're all taking the points with Lane Kiffin. I wonder if, uh, you know, if I were, I'm not going to actually bet it, but if I were, maybe I would, I would take the money line just because mm. Lane Kiffin in those big games, yeah, we've he goes seen, for it. He, yeah. yeah, he goes for it. So it's kind of like, winner is going to lose badly. Yeah. Potentially, potentially. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I like Ole Miss. All right. Uh, moving on to Texas is favorite 10 at TCU. Um, Quinn Ewers is uh, debatable. He kind of put a cryptic Instagram post, I think, out um, on the old World Wide Web. Uh, so, <laughs> the, you know, World Wide Web. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know if that means he's going to play or what, but I'm, I'm betting he'd, we see him play. Um, it's been out a couple games. Uh, so I'm going to take Texas. Um, TCU's kind of headed in the wrong direction, man. They've lost four to five, a couple of them not very pretty. One really not pretty. Um, and just kind of one win that was a weird one that they just whooped up on BYU. But um, I think Texas's defense is going to have a, a big game and a big imprint on this one. TCU, I think, is going to turn it over. They just haven't been sharp. Um, and Texas won't really, really need to rely, I think, much on their offense. Um, so I feel pretty comfortable taking Texas. Just TCU, man, it's just they, one hit one. Uh, they, they used, yeah, they used all their luck last year. So, all right. USC at Oregon ducks are favored 14 and a half. Yeah. And <laughs> USC has failed to cover the spread in seven straight games. If you had locked in wow. USC, uh, or a USC's opponent six times each time and bet them all, you'd have $10 million right now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do that though. I, I, I think the market has, uh, was I frozen? Because you guys didn't laugh. Maybe that didn't come through. Oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Loud and clear. Oh, okay. All right. I was just checking. Just checking. Yeah. But I think the market has has caught up to where to where USC should be at this point. Like last week, that Washington spread seemed about right. Uh, even in, you know, of course, they ended up not covering. But Washington minus three and a half seemed like. Oh, yeah. It came um, down to yeah. the end. Yeah. It came yeah. down to the wire there. So. Yeah. Seemed right, and this one looks right as well. I mean, it, it should be a big spread. Oregon is freaking good and yeah. talented and well coached. And USC, we know the defense sucks. Um, and uh, firing the coordinator, maybe you get an inspired effort because it, it didn't, yeah, they're still gonna suck. Effort only gets you so so far. Um, and offensively, like, I don't know, I've kind of been going back and forth on that. I mean, like, ultimately, the numbers are really good on the season, and and you look at Caleb Williams. Well, yeah. uh, by the way, speaking of, of the Heisman, two more guys that I didn't mention, Jaden Daniels, poor Jaden Daniels, have an unbelievable year. Oh, and because his yeah. defense sucks, yeah. like if his defense was good, he'd be by far the front runner for the Heisman. That's and now he's stupid about Williams. the Heisman. And same with Caleb Williams. Caleb yeah. Williams has had, if you look statistically, he's had maybe even a better year than last year. It's just that he had, you know, the defense sucks. So he's and been a little losing. less and he had, offensively, too. Yeah, agreed. The offensive line is not quite as good this year. Yeah. Um, receiving like core Jordan Addison year. yeah and he's had one bad kind of half against uh Notre Dame but last year when he won the Heisman he had a you know offense had a terrible game against Oregon State and they you know he still won so yeah he's uh, but um but anyway enough about that uh but but still but the offensive line I just don't trust like I, I just feel like it could Oregon could just overwhelm them this game and so 
I worry about that. So I'm, I'm laying the points with Oregon. I just, how can I, how can I take the points? You know, I know it's trends are, you know, they don't have any real value here, but seven straight times the USC's yeah, filled yeah. the cover. Like I'll just keep riding it till they, exactly. till they don't again, not with real money because, uh, I, <laughs> it's not probably a profitable the Navy way to, army under got to get, got to keep doing it. Mm, I don't know about that. They're, they're catching up to it. Mm, yeah. Well, I don't yeah, know. but I think uh, last year it went over because of overtime. So, oh, yeah, and it was unfair. Bad beat. Uh, this this feels like a spot where everyone is is taking Oregon, but I I'm I'm also going to side with them. I just uh, firing Grinch isn't, in my opinion, going to change the defense into a stop machine. I don't think it'll change it at all. I, I kind of feel like SC last week put forth, you know their best effort to stay in the Pac-12 race. And I know they're technically still alive, but the bottom, the bottom has potential fallen out here. Um, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate for Caleb Williams just because, you know, he has been outstanding. And I just think Bucky Irving could run wild against that defense. Oh, Watson, God. man, yeah. they're going to be liquored up. It's seven thirty Pacific oh, start. Uh, Puddles the duck. He is going to be doing a lot of pushups. I feel like in this game Ooh, with all the scoring. Man. So I'm you know, going to Oregon. You know, the good thing about a big spread like this is going into the game, watching it, I have no expectations. Like, if we lose yeah. by 30, it's kind of like, yep, we suck. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. is what it is. It's what's the, what's what it like, kind of what it's been for Nebraska. It's like, yeah. just, I'm waiting for the shit to happen. Something crazy yeah. bad's going to happen. Like, there it is. <laughs> yeah. There she is. Yep. Never seen that before, but I knew it was going to happen somehow. Uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. I don't really touch on it. I think Oregon's going to whoop up. And Michael's frozen. Okay. Sorry, Mike. Maybe I should have. To- <laughs> oh, I was really frozen there. So I don't know what just happened, yep. but are we ready for the questionable finish? We're ready. Yeah. All right. So Rutgers Todd from our Patreon had a couple question for a- questions for us. With Rutgers Iowa opening at the lowest over under ever, do you think it'll go under or over? Explain your answer. And just to give an update here, it is currently sitting at twenty eight juiced to the under, which that yeah, that would beautiful. that would break wow. the record and absolutely insane. Well, they keep uh, breaking the record. Like Well, yeah, they keep breaking the record <laughs> and, and or well, actually I don't think they technically have as as far as like the closing spread. Um oh. I forget what the record was, but it was Many many years ago, but uh, but this one is is on track to break it. Uh, I am taking the under because Iowa's games have gone under seven out of nine times this year. Yeah, and I lately with Iowa and the odds makers, it's kind of like the limbo. Like, how low can you go? Just yeah, yeah. Like, just dare uh, us to go look. You know, we dare you to go lower. Northwestern. It was what ten seven. I I'm just gonna write it out like you going under. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things where. Um, and you'll they maybe the up market has finally caught up. Yeah, well, that's for sure. Obviously, yes, with yeah. uh, uh, Ferentz going to be gone. But um, but no, I've heard sharp betters talk about how when they build models, like the exceptions can sometimes quote unquote break their model, not break their models, but they're not they're not building the model to model out what an Iowa offense would do. They're trying to kind of have it be maybe generally applicable to most teams. So maybe this is sort of an exception where. You, you just can't spit out a number low enough to, you know, that because like, Iowa I keeps going under Nebraska in the last uh, several years, just like always finding a way to lose. Like, yeah, otherwise they're, they're, just they're probably pretty easy, but yeah, exactly. 
And uh, yeah, but again, like I, I would, I couldn't pull the trigger on an under twenty eight. I just couldn't bet it. But <laughs> if I had to, I guess I would. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, he also asked, "Did Connor Stallions steal anything from you?" I mean, I think he stole something from all of us. Yeah, which was a Nebraska victory because if they didn't oh, have clearly. Nebraska signs, we would have been right there. Oh, wouldn't, no, right. I think it would have been a blowout the other way. Easy. Nebraska. Well, that's a little unrealistic, Michael. Okay, you're right. It would have been close. Yeah. It would have been yeah. close. Right. You're, with the na- well, actually, with the, the way he spells his name, someone stole the N in Connor and the L in Stallions. Mm. <laughs> He's got singles in those. <laughs> yeah. Conor Stallones. <laughs> no I? No I, Ryan? You Stallones. just got rid of the I? Stallones. Sorry. <laughs> you, now you swapped the I. Sylvester came into my head <laughs> no there for I. a moment. <laughs> All right. Um, ETH asks if the 12 team playoff would were to be enacted for its inaugural year this year as opposed to next which team currently ranked 9 through 12 in the playoff rankings has the best chance at winning it all all right well i went i went number nine ole miss uh i just like the combo of D- uh, dart and judkins right. and they at least have a a better defense this year but that firepower could keep them in most games i all agree right, I'm, also, I'm, oh, sorry, oh you ahead, you guys are both going ole miss Yes. Well, because Did all I look have to at do them? is beat Georgia, and then they're they have a. It's not like they're guaranteed to all they in have to they, do. Well, I mean, there's a ten point game, and you know, they're everybody below them's got a pretty significant hill to climb. And their climb. Did I look at points. the wrong playoff ranking? Penn Penn State's an option, right? Yeah, yeah, they are. No, that, okay. that I was uh, okay. all no, I Penn mean, State. Yeah. No, that's fair. Mm. That's fair. I, I like but, Penn State just because they have. Did I did I freeze? No, you're good. Am I back? Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm here. There. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Just because Penn State, they've got, you know, by far the most talent, you know, like their team talent composite is top 15. Uh, everyone else on, on the list outside of the top 20 because it's Ole Miss, Penn State, Louisville, and Oregon State. Obviously, you can't really go Louisville and Oregon State here. No. But but yeah, Ole Miss and, and Penn State, I guess you could, you could definitely make arguments there. But I just feel like Penn State has the most upside. National championship upside, you know, like if, if things click. But it's just I, Georgia's I go got one game. One game. That's it. Ole Miss okay. has one game? Or I sorry, Ole Miss has one game, yeah. Penn State, like if they win, well, they're still not guaranteed to make the Pac twelve well, or the Big Ten title. But neither is Ole Miss. Though, tie. So Ole Miss well, what is do you, I, are you talking about but this is gonna be a twelve team playoff. You, they don't have to get to the top four. Yeah. Yeah. We're I'm talking totally not answering the question right now. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> I forgot. Oh uh, well, okay. Well I was thinking in my head of this year's model still. This, this year, yeah, okay. <laughs> Well, all right. (laughs) Anyway. Screwed that one up. Upset special. Let's get to, uh, you got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. I, like I said, did not love the board this week for for my ATS lock. And also for, I I wasn't finding anything great. So I'm just going to roll with Lane Kiffin. You know, I'm going to roll with Ole Miss because I know he's going to make the right decisions. He's going to go for the fourth downs. He's going to, you know. Make that two of us, Michael. Okay. I almost I almost <laughs> okay. did. I almost did. Now almost I'm gonna did. go West Virginia catching thirteen at Oklahoma. Okay. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. Sooners we'll see I what their that. mindset is. West Virginia is decent. Garrett Green. They are. They are. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the College Football Bros. 
hard for us to tell live how the, the that recording came out. I hope uh, if there was there were internet issues that they weren't too bad. Um, as always, we would appreciate five star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, and other than that, we will talk to you next week.